Tonight, Brad kind of touched on it, we'll be talking a little bit about the church. But before we delve in too deep, I'm actually going to read a verse. It won't be on the screens. Uh, if you want to turn there, you can. It's Hebrews 10, uh, 24 through 25. And it reads this. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I wanted to start with this because it's, it's a great example, just very brief, very just straightforward about what we're kind of supposed to do when we come together, right? It's just be loving and good works, encourage one another, bring each other up, meet together. And so this whole idea is kind of what we're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to look at the church uh, and what it truly is. But before we go too deep into any of it, uh, I'm actually going to ask you guys a few questions here. Uh, the first one I think will be a pretty no-brainer, but just raise your hand. Uh, how many of you like to sleep? Pretty much all of you, I figured. That one was pretty easy. Uh, everybody likes to sleep, right? It's good. You feel rejuvenated afterwards. You've got your rest. How many of you like naps? Like Sunday naps, you get to go out. Where, where do you like to take naps? Maybe on the sofa? Couch? Anyone, anyone like, like car ride naps? I always enjoy those. I love those. Uh, now, this might be one where maybe I single myself out here, but how many of you have ever fallen asleep in church? I know I have, right? This is something where you're just like, ah, oh, no. What is he going to go into now? But with all of this, I have fallen in Oh, I have fallen asleep in church before. Uh, if you know much about me, I actually grew up as a pastor's son. My dad was a pastor when I was young at a church. And so I always grew up around the church. I would watch him on Sunday mornings, prepare his sermon, go over it multiple times at church. I'd heard every Sunday school lesson plan that they were ever going to teach. And so when I went to church, for me, it was just a routine. It was a habit. I already knew what was going to happen. My dad's sermon, I'd heard it. And so I'd sit in church, and oftentimes I was just zoned out. There wasn't much to me that was new in the experience. I wasn't really a part of anything in it. I'd go to church, hear my dad speak, go to Sunday school, hear worship. And oftentimes I'd even find myself, for whatever reason, I remember on the ceiling of our church, there was always a ladybug. I never knew why, but that's what I would continue to look at. And when I was younger, I'd oftentimes fall asleep. And... I just didn't want to be a part of it for whatever reason. I, I knew the church was good. I knew that going there was what I should do, but I didn't, I didn't really care when I got there. Mentally, physically, no part of me was focused. And it never mattered what my dad was talking about. It didn't matter if it was about some great battle in the New Testament that David was a part of. For whatever reason, I just wasn't focused. And so it was simply repetition for me. It was simply a routine or a program, right? We all are used to that. We come to church, we're greeted at the door, we go in, we sit down, we stand up for worship, we sit back down, somebody talks, and at the end of it all, we leave and we go home. And so we get used to this. And because that was what it was to me, I was hardly present in church. Even though I grew up always around it, I was just hardly ever present in it. My problem was that I was viewing the church simply as a program or as a building, right? Oftentimes when we say that word, what we think of is the building itself, what's around us, the walls, the ceiling, the floor. But 
it's not about the building. It's not, it's not really about the program. The one thing that I was missing, the one thing that I wish I only knew about it, was that church was and is not a building and a program. Church is not a school. That's what I always think of when I hear this, right? We think of a building that runs programs, and we almost default to school. We say, Schools all the time, they're running programs. Our teacher have a curriculum. It's a program that they have to follow. They get up and they teach us this. And we constantly hear it, and we're in a building with four walls and a roof. And for whatever reason, that correlation to me was huge. I just continued to feel like I was in school. I was bored. And so this idea that the church is a building and a program, my problem, and it's what just grew and grew and grew into me. But church isn't a place. Church is not it. It is an us. It is a people. And we gather in community and fellowship for the purpose of loving and helping one another. And worship and praise God. It's not about the building. It's about the us. But we all have zoned out in church before. A few of us even were brave enough and raised our hands that we've fallen asleep in church. Even me, a pastor's son. You're either mentally just off in the clouds, we aren't focused, we're either thinking about maybe uh, the date that we might have, the next soccer game we get, or football, that next musical play that's coming up that you're preparing for, or the homework or the midterm that might be around the corner, and our thoughts drift, or even the other way, we think about the physical things that we've done throughout our days that have worn on us, that just draw out of it. Oftentimes we have soccer practice all the time, football. Preparing for theater is draining all the time. Marching band in the morning. And then by the time we get to church, we're just too tired to keep our eyes open. We spend more time trying to force our eyes open than listening and hearing what's being taught and what's around us. And so oftentimes our reason in those situations for going to church is simply our parents want us to, right? We see it and we know our parents want us to come to church. We know it's a good thing to do. But when we get there, we're just zoned out. We knew we were going to be tired when we woke up. And so we didn't show up to be a part of it. The other thing is that we know it's right. That's what I did when I was a kid. I knew it was right to come to church. I also knew it would make my parents happy. And so I came. I didn't make a fuss or anything. But every single time I got there, glazed look in my eyes. Almost every time. Maybe some of you have it now. Who knows? But the problem is we're all seeing it as something it is not. We see it as a place with walls and a ceiling and not as something to be a part of. We go to it and we listen to the program and we leave when it's done. We don't see what's around us. And it becomes just a box on our checklist. We say, all right, it's Sunday. I got to go to Sunday service. First or second. Maybe second I'll sleep in. Or we say, ah, there's Wednesday Oasis tonight. But I'm on fall break, so maybe I don't want to come. Or maybe I just have other things that I'd rather do. Or I'm too tired from practice. And if anything, it just becomes a checkbox that we can mark off. When I say it like that, oftentimes there's a part of us that does feel that it's wrong, right? Like we know, we know that we shouldn't think about it that way. But we still let ourselves, because all we're seeing it as is the building. We realize that simply making church church a checkbox check on a list is not what it should be. And so we come to two conclusions when we see it that way. 
And church is not just a place. There's more to church than just a building, right? We realize that seeing it that way isn't right. And that church is not an item on a list. It's not something that we do, right? The video said itself. In our to-dos can become our want-to-dos. And so, what is the church supposed to be? What, what should it look like then if it's not just a building? And so, in the New Testament, in the book of Acts is where we're going to be tonight. Uh, and it gives a perfect description of what the early church looks like and what happens in it. That it is simply not a place, but a people. And so if you guys want, you can turn. We're going to be in Acts chapter 2. Uh, but before we read it, I want to give you guys a little bit of a background here. And if you have time, I'd love for you to go and read the very first two chapters. Because it's an amazing story. It starts off, Jesus was just ascending into heaven in the beginning of Acts. Right? And his 12 disciples, left at the time, were down and he had given them his final partings. Right? He wanted them to go out and teach people. And at the time, there were only about 120 people in the church. There were about 120 other believers with them. And so they're out in the town, and it says the Holy Spirit comes down upon them. And this is something that freaked other people out, because the description of it was of a fire tongue that came down on them. And they started doing all these crazy things that nobody could explain. And many of the people around started to say they were drunk or insane or delusional. And all of a sudden, Peter stands up. The same guy that Jesus said would be the foundation for his church, the rock. And he gives this message where he talks about they aren't delusional, they aren't drunk. They have the Holy Spirit on them. And what he says really cuts to these people's heart. That's exactly what it says, is it cut into their heart and it impacted them. And so right after this, where we pick up with verse 41, and we'll read from 41 uh, through 47. And if you guys want, uh, you can go to it, or it'll be up on the screen. Uh, it'll be an NIV, and I'll read it from here. But it reads, Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the, in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's look at these verses individually. We're going to break them down into a couple parts. Look at verse 41, the very first one, right? They just got done hearing this huge message that impacted their lives. And what is the immediate response of the initial 120 followers, the church that Jesus had started? They accepted this message, and immediately that 120 is baptizing them into, into Jesus Christ and into new life, right? They're showing them brotherly love and affection. They're bringing them into their community. And it's not just a few of them, it's 3,000. It went from a church of 120 to a church of 3,000 and 120. And what's so important here is that they're just accepting them. They're bringing them into love. This is an example of the church. Right off the bat, there's no building. They don't say they went to the temple and then baptized them. They just say they baptized them and they brought them in. 
And then we look at verse 42 through 43, right? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. These would have been the things that they learned from Jesus, what they saw in his life, and the Old Testament that they had. It was the word of God. That's what this was. 3,000 new people who were just out and about start devoting themselves to this and to the fellowship. It's not just about the building. The fellowship is huge. They begin the breaking of bread and prayer, it says. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Everyone was amazed here, right? You have to imagine this situation. 3,000 people coming together. They didn't know each other. There's no way they all knew each other. Random strangers. And they're sharing in this excitement, this awe, it says, of what's happening around them in their life. And then they share that with each other. Right? That's awesome. And then we look at verses 44 through 47. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. It shows that these people who not only probably had never met much before this time are now willingly giving up what they have to those who need it. They're being generous and open. They're helping those who need it, putting their ear to those who are in hard times, lifting each other up, right? The beginning when I read in Matthew, it said, meet together daily, encourage each other in love, right? And then not only that, he continues, every day they continued to meet. In the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They met together not just on Sundays or on Wednesdays. That wasn't when the church met. They met together all the time. They went to the temple courts, the courtyard was out in the open. It wasn't necessarily a building. And the whole point of them going there wasn't to be in a building. It was to be together. It was a place where they could all meet. And then it says, what did they do after that? They broke bread in their homes. They didn't just stay at the temple. They went home with each other, complete strangers for a long time, welcoming them into their homes, sharing their life with them, their time, their love, helping them with what they need. And then the very end, They were praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This shows that their reason they're wanting to do this was to praise and honor God. That was their goal in coming together in fellowship. That was their point. That was what they were doing. And it shows that people were happy. Everybody was around them. And the Lord added to their number daily. This reinforces that this is what God wanted. He wanted people to be able to come into a fellowship, into a community that was his church, not into a building. And so all of this ties into the entire passage. We we do see people that gather into a building, and they do praise God, it says. And they do hear a message. And then they leave. This is true. But that's not what it was. That's our program is what we say. That would have been their program. But that was never the point for them. And so they shared their lives, their goal. They opened up with those around them and worshipped God together. They were excited about being near them and others. And if anybody needed help, they went to them. They gave them their ear. They helped provide for them what they needed. And This church that Jesus started with 120 grew into 3,120 and is now the most predominant 
religion in the world. And it's still the same church that we have today. Look at Brookside. Look at the people around you. From our welcome team to the parking team, our tech teams, right? Our kids' ministry, our student impact, even your small group leaders. All of us are here because we're here in fellowship and community. Our point isn't to come here and just come into a building and leave. Any of your leaders, I bet they'll tell you, they come here every night for you guys. They come here because they love you. They come here because of the community and the fellowship. That if you ever need help, that they can be an ear to you. That's why they're here. Not because it's a building that they think they should come to because it's good. And so all of this ties in to the fact that church isn't just a place. It's an us, right? So what does this mean for us? We need to stop seeing the church as just a building. We need to not see it as a place that we come to and maybe take a quick nap and then leave. It's the people around us. That's what I missed when I was young. I kept coming to church, and I knew the routine. I knew the program. I got all the content, and once I had it, I was bored, right? I wasn't actually focusing on what the church is about, God and the people. I didn't know anyone. I knew my family, and that was probably it. And so that's the main point. We need to see the people around us and interact with them. And so tonight, I want to challenge you with a few things. One, get to know the people around you. There is probably somebody in this room I can guarantee that you have not met yet. Or maybe you've said but a few words to. Get to know each other. Talk with each other. Share your life with them. Love them, right? The second thing is be excited, right? If somebody comes to you and they're like, I have this soccer game and I just won it and we're going to get to the nationals now. Be excited for them. Grow in that community and that fellowship. If somebody comes to you and they talk about how one of their friends that they talk to at school has come to know Christ, that's amazing. Be excited, right? That's awesome to get to hear those things. A lot of times I like to think of that whenever I hear that, it's like a flame grows bigger inside of me. And so just getting to hear that's awesome. And if you have those stories, share them. And third, if someone needs help, Go to them and ask them if there's anything you can do. And if you need help, be willing to go to others. Because the church isn't about the building. It's about the fellowship and the community that we have. It's about being open with one another. Church today is not just an it. It is an us. It is still meant to be about people you cannot wait to be around. The people you can run to when you mess up and you need forgiveness. The people who love each other, forgive each other, look out for each other, and dream with each other about what Jesus is going to do through their lives. And who would not want to be a part of an us like this, right? Brad talked about it during the happiness series. He said, you can be happy with going out and buying a Nalgene, but Really what's going to make you happy is the who's, not the what's. It's the people that you surround yourself with. And God knew that. 
The church is about the people that are around you and worshiping Him in fellowship with Him. So I urge you, be a part of the church. That could be helping out, signing up for student ministry. That could be just getting to know the people around you, getting more in contact with your Bible study, your small group throughout the week. Could be hopping out or helping out with coffee team, right? There are so many ways that we can. And our leaders are always here for us. They're a part of this community and fellowship that we have as a church. And so if you can't make it to church on a Sunday, then come on a Wednesday to Oasis. Come to a Bible study because church is so much more than just a one-hour service. If that's all church is, it's no different than going to a one-hour class in school. As you guys are going to head to small groups here tonight, I have a couple questions that I really want you to think of. The main one is, do you feel like Oasis, like Brookside, isn't us? Do you feel like it people it's not a church or a building but that it is us in community with one another and if not why what is preventing you from feeling that way about it why don't you feel like it is in us and then don't stop there don't just leave it at yeah it kind of doesn't and then this is why but take it a step further. If it doesn't feel like a community because maybe you aren't talking with other people or maybe you aren't sharing about what's really in your life, then how can you fix that, right? Don't just leave it at that. How can we make church in us, right? What can we do? How can we change? We should not see church as an it but as in us, because it has never been about the walls around us, but the people that are in it. I love the way that video did it in the intro. So basic, so simple. It dropped down the church, and it said, church may not be about the building of the walls, and they fall down, and it shows only the people in it. It says, the church is about the people. That's exactly what it's there for. People coming together to worship God in fellowship, learn more about him, and grow as a community. Let's pray.